There's a misconception that we don't exist, that somehow our ability to excel at the highest level of our industry is limited, that overcoming barriers as a woman of color would be insurmountable. But what would happen if we decided to venture out on our own despite everything we're up against? I'll tell you. Welcome to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Angelina Davis, a healthcare consultant, consulting coach, high performance fanatic, wife, and proud girl mom. I help transform female professionals into thriving solo consultants. And just like you, I'm wearing all the hats and doing all the things. So this podcast is to empower the busy female professionals to move past fear to start and grow a successful consulting business, despite the obstacles you may encounter. We'll dive deep into consulting practice, business strategy, mindset, and more. So grab your cup of coffee or tea if that's your thing, and let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Angelina Davis, and I'm so excited that you are joining me for another episode. If you are tuning in again, and if this is your first time, welcome. I um, hope that this conversation today will be a good one. I wanted to chat a little bit about trying to enter into the corporate environment. I think that oftentimes when we're thinking about expanding our services, whether we've been working in the business to consumer space and thinking about going into the business to business or B2B space, or if we have been working with other smaller businesses and we want to grow in advance to the point where we're working with larger organizations, uh, then we have to really approach our business development, uh, the way that we are strategically uh, creating and positioning our offers in a different way. And so I want this episode to dive deeper into what you need to have in place and the things that you need to consider if you're trying to make the transition to landing larger and more lucrative corporate contracts. Now, I'm bringing this up because I think oftentimes we look at going into this corporate space as being something that is very intimidating. Uh, I oftentimes think that we sell ourselves short and don't think about how we're able to show up and offer a unique benefit or something that uh, is truly needed in that space. We think that because this is a larger organization that somehow they don't have use for your knowledge or your expertise. But I always like to remind people that if you are offering something that you typically would have been paid very nicely for, especially if you were working still in your corporate environment, or if you're currently working in your corporate environment now and you're being compensated for it, then there is a need for your skill set, for your knowledge, for your lived experience. And it's all about how you're able to structure and package that offer so that you are addressing current needs that would uh, be attractive to your corporate clients in ways that you're able to help them uh, to generate more money, to increase the quality of the services that they are providing, or maybe the products that they are delivering. All of those things matter. And how you're able to speak to that, the information you're able to share, the knowledge that you're able to use in order to craft better strategy or maybe direct them in a very uh, intentional way so that they're able to achieve much of what they have set out to achieve is going to be beneficial. Also, 
keep in mind that just because a corporation is large, it doesn't mean that they have all of the elements in place. Many times there are a number of businesses that will seek out consulting help specifically because maybe what they're looking for is temporary. It could be a situation where they had to decrease their manpower. Keep in mind, it's very expensive to have a number of employees on your payroll. When you think about benefits that have to be paid, everything from health insurance to other uh, pension plans or benefits that will come with retirement. There are just so many elements of that that can be very costly in the corporate environment. So many times consultants provide a way for them to really tackle strategic initiatives and larger projects without having to bring on that full-time help. So you serve a, a tremendous purpose in such a, a scenario. And that is the value that you are able to bring to the table. So don't look at it as being something that's very intimidating. Don't think that because you may be a solo consultant or have a smaller firm that you are unable to deliver what is needed. That is not true. So I want us to dive a little bit deeper into that on this episode today, because I think it's very important that if you do have a desire to go after a corporate contract, that you're doing that, not only just moving through the actions, but truly believing in the, the level of value and the level of quality that you're able to offer that will be appreciated by many of the organizations that you will, because I'm claiming it now, eventually work with. If you're finding yourself following all the successful accounts on Instagram and LinkedIn, YouTube, and you're just trying to recreate their strategies, but haven't experienced much growth, or you're consistently sharing tons of helpful content within your industry, almost burning yourself out, but you're still struggling to get potential clients to see the value of the services that you offer. If that's the case, it's time for you to be seen as the expert that you are. It's time for you to make a greater impact. So here's the deal. Using a cookie cutter approach won't help you stand out from the crowd or attract the aligned clients that you need to build a profitable business and create the freedom you desire to live life on your own terms. Your expertise is unique and your approach should be awesome. That's why I created my signature program, Position to Excel, which is a highly focused, curriculum-based, personalized coaching program developed to help you accelerate the growth of your consulting business by creating a magnetic core offer, an expert personal brand to position your services to sell effectively. And unlike other programs that rely on traditional methods to attract leads, we develop a personalized approach to fill your pipeline without cold calls or reliance on referrals and RFPs. So if you're interested in taking your consulting business to the next level or starting and getting yours off the ground, visit www.excelaconsulting.com, apply for a position to excel, and let's get started. So when you're thinking about building out an offer that will be very well positioned to succeed in the corporate space, there are a number of things that you have to consider. And what I want to share are three kind of key areas where you want to focus some time so that you're able to tackle each of these uh, very strategically and position yourself to succeed. Now, one of the things that we have to do from the very beginning, and this is going to be true whether you are working in the business to consumer space or if you're trying to move into this, this corporate landscape, uh, business to business, you have to understand your industry. And in understanding your industry, you need to know 
what are the trends that are currently uh, happening right now? What's going on in your industry, in your field, in your market? Uh, what does your competition look like? What is the landscape uh, within your industry so that you know what is available to your potential clients? You have to have an understanding as to how you're showing up and what you're offering and how that differs from what is currently available so you can fully understand your ability to provide a, a unique value in that area. When we don't have that understanding, when we don't know what others are doing, then we can set ourselves up for failure because maybe we're offering uh, something that is not going to measure up to what is commonly or routinely available. Maybe we're not tapping into those things that are of greatest need or the gaps that actually exist currently. So one of the first things that we need to do before we even get to the point of other consideration is fully understand the landscape of the industry today and our market and how we are actually able to navigate that with the offers that we can provide. So that is where we we want to start. We have to do that market research. And I know this is this is often the boring part, right? This is the part that many of us don't want to do because we feel like we've done it before. We think that we have a, a good understanding as to what is going on. We know what we need to offer. We know how to proceed. So we think, but I always like to remind you that while you are growing and advancing your business and your business model and the offers that you're able to present, so are other businesses. So you can't rely on research that you've done months or years ago. You have to understand the landscape currently, especially when you're going in to think about pitching to a larger organization. You have to do that groundwork up front. It's going to save you a lot of headache and, and definitely any aspect of, I, I feel like embarrassment is too harsh of a word, but disappointment that may come by not understanding all of those elements, by not doing that research. So as boring as it may be, as often as you may seem to do this over and over again along your business journey, I want you to have a firm understanding of what your industry is facing in terms of challenges, what that organization is facing in terms of your ideal organization that you want to work with, and what others are offering as a solution. Because uh, that's where we're going to be able to find a gap and really position ourselves most effectively, especially if we're a solo consultant or if we're a small firm. You have to give yourself a leg up and really uh, position yourself effectively so that you can win that business over what may be seen as a, a more safe choice by the competition being either more well-known or larger or uh, just being in the industry for an extended period of time. We have to overcome that hump. And one of the ways that we overcome that is really by uh, placing ourselves in the perfect, perfect situation. So now when I, when I walk through these three things, I want you to dive a lot deeper into each and every area if you want to pursue this as a path to gaining uh, your first, second, or third corporate client. One of the first areas I want you to focus on, once you've done all your research, you have an understanding of the background, is I want you to understand the, the goals and the priorities of your ideal corporate client. Okay, this is very similar to the B2C space. 
even within an organization, there are set goals, goals that may be structured for the year. It may be, there may be goals that are set aside for a specific quarter, different phases within the year. And you have to understand what those goals actually are and what the priority is for that organization. Because if you're making a offer or pitching a service that is not in alignment with the goal or the priority in the moment, then it is not going to work favorably because it's not their primary focus. And especially in the corporate environment, unlike in the B2C space, there is many times not a lot of leeway to move away from what has already been defined as a priority and set forth as a target for them to achieve in in that particular uh, that particular year. So you have to know what those are. Uh, one of the key ways of doing this is really just getting your ear to the ground, trying to figure out who you need to talk to, who knows the inside scoop, uh, really get into the practice of reaching out, networking, having conversations, and learning more from the inside as to what those goals and priorities are. Um, another way that you can do this to begin to look at what some of the messaging is even externally. So if this is an organization that has a social media presence or maybe they have a, a blog or some other type of um, outward uh, advertisement that's ongoing, I want you to pay close attention to that because those will be hints and key ways for you to identify where their priorities lie in the moment. And that's where you're going to have to tie your offer back into what they are focused on. You want to ensure that what you're presenting is in alignment with the goals that they are trying to reach and what they are working toward, right? So when you when you're seeing this message messaging whether it is online or if it's even in person at some some convention or in whatever space that you're able to uh, really have a deeper conversation with those who may be more knowledgeable of the inner workings, then I want you to think about how you're able to help them achieve that goal because if you're seen as someone who can come in and help support the mission, help support them in this, this goal that has already been established and you can help them get there faster, quicker, uh, with less expenses. You're decreasing you know, overall manpower or maybe you're simplifying the process, creating a level of efficiency. Then they are going to find that help, that type of help valuable because it helps them reach the end goal a lot faster and with better results. So once again, you have to be knowledgeable and, and understand where those priorities lie, because if we're not in alignment with what is a priority at the time, then our timing may be off and we don't want our timing to be off. We want to make sure that what we're presenting, what we're pitching is in, in line with what they are actually working toward. So one of the first things is to make sure that you know the goals and the priorities of your ideal corporate client and that you are structuring your offer to help them meet that goal, that result. Now, the, the second thing is that you have to be intimately aware of budgets and timelines. Now, one of the things that many can overlook 
is how important budgeting is to your ability to land the deal. Especially when you're working in the corporate environment, budgets are set. And they are often working from the, the fiscal year. And that fiscal year, for instance, in, in a number of organizations may begin in July. Others, it, it may begin at a different time, but it may begin in July. And so if you are, for instance, coming in at the new year and you're attempting to pitch your offer uh, for the future budget, then that work may not come into play or maybe you may not move forward with that contract until mid-calendar year, right? So you have to have an understanding as to how the organization really works through the budgeting process, how they make decisions, and what timeline exists within that organization for evaluating and determining where they're going to make investments. Um, it, it The timing becomes an important factor, right? I, I've mentioned that previously in terms of goals and priorities, but timing is key because you can have a great offer and the wrong timing. That can be a situation where you're presenting your offer after the budget has been decided. And so if the budget has already been outlined, money has already been allocated and contracts have already been lined up. And although your offer may be fantastic, you will find yourself in a situation where you will have difficulty and you don't want to put yourself in a, a position where you are struggling to find work because your timing is off. So it's very important for you to understand that these budgets and these timelines exist and they may differ from organization to organization. So as you're moving through the process of really identifying who would be an ideal client to work with, you also want to, in your market research, begin to understand how they tackle their budgeting and what they look at in terms of their fiscal year, how they allocate their operating expenses, because those are going to be important times for you to be mindful of so that you're able to make the ask when they are in the decision-making process. You want to already have your offer in their minds on the table before they have already determined where money is going to be allocated. There is some flexibility that may exist depending upon the cost of the offer. So if this is a smaller ticketed offer uh, or service that you're uh, pitching or presenting, there may be a lot more flexibility there. But if you're getting into a much uh, larger or major contract, then those are going to take a longer a longer amount of time, and especially if you have to get various levels of legal involved in order to navigate that process. So I want you to understand that these timelines exist and we have to be mindful of that and ensure that we are uh, providing the proper information to help navigate um, that process, but then also make the pitch, make the proposals at the right time, because the timing is key with you being able to get a yes. So the second part is I want you to have a firm understanding of their budgeting process and the timelines for decision-making with regards to their budget and expenses for their fiscal year. Now, the, the last thing that uh, is very important, it's not the only thing that's very important, but the last thing that I want to touch on today is having a very deep understanding and appreciation for 
all of the stakeholders that are involved in the decision-making process. And so you want to know all the stakeholders and you have to identify who is the key decision-maker. Because at the end of the day, and I've seen this far too often, many people will spend all of their time courting and you know creating and building relationships with the wrong people. They spend their time with the people that they may have the, the greatest access to. They may spend their time courting and, and really uh, trying to sell their offer to individuals who may already have an appreciation for the work that you're doing and not go out and put themselves in a position to connect with the person who is going to sign on the dotted line, who is going to be the final and key decision maker, nor are uh, many consultants spending time navigating the stakeholders. I always like to remind people that even when it comes to sales in a corporate environment, it goes back to a relationship process. A relationship-based process is, is based on human-to-human connection. So I know we often hear that sales in business-to-business or the corporate space is more logical and in business-consumer is more emotional. There are emotions that play on either side. You have to just understand what each party is looking to gain from the relationship that you are presenting or that that the collaboration that you are proposing. Because each and every stakeholder will have a different level of buy-in and they will also have different needs. It's important to understand what those needs may be and how you can connect with them on a level so that you can allow each individual to see how your offer is beneficial to the group as a whole. Um, so that is, is, is very, very important. I don't want you to spend so much time trying to sell to people who can't give you a yes. You need to talk to those who can give you a yay or nay. And I know, I know that that can be difficult to do at times, especially if this is a very large organization. It may be hard to get to the key decision maker who is at the top, which is one of the reasons why. I always advise people to not only focus in and have contact in their eyes focused on the key decision maker, but also identify someone who can be a strong champion for you and your offer in your business as you navigate this process. Because that champion is going to be the one that's on the inside that's able to really bridge the gap between where where you are and who actually may be making the decision. If they are supportive of your efforts, then they're going to help you move through that process smoothly. But it's going to take you knowing and understanding who that key decision maker is. And then also who are the other stakeholders involved? Because you in a corporate environment are not speaking to one person, but you have to consider how your offer plays into the bigger picture. And so that may inherently mean that Even when it comes to some of the stakeholders, you may have some individuals that are scared for you to show up and offer your service because maybe they feel threatened that they may lose their job or lose some aspect of their team, or uh, maybe they may lose a program or, or something that they have built and put together, put their blood, sweat, and tears into, and they're afraid that you may tear that down or take that away. All of the stakeholders may not be supportive in the beginning. It's our job to win them over. And that's why I go back to the fact that although, yes, 
when it comes to the corporate environment, there are a lot of decisions that are made based upon, you know, very logical reasons. But there are a lot of decisions that still rely heavily on that emotional piece. So we have to be mindful of really building those connections, that connection, of course, with the key decision maker, but those connections with the stakeholders so that we can effectively navigate the process and be able to pitch our services effectively, sell them and really convert uh, these uh, leads in, or into paying clients. So, you know, when you're thinking about moving into the corporate space, I don't want you to be afraid to go after this business because you have the ability to land lucrative, amazing corporate contracts if that is what you desire to do. The key is that you just have to ensure that you've done your research, that you're thinking about goals and priorities, that you're focusing on the budgets and timelines, and that you're making sure that you tackle uh, really identifying and building relationships with key decision makers and stakeholders. Those are the things that are going to help you be successful with pitching and winning those contracts in the end. So look, I hope that this episode helps you just begin to think through this process. And I'd love to get your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to learn more about this whole aspect of really uh, building out your business through landing more corporate clients, then definitely I will just shoot me a DM on Instagram or message me on LinkedIn. I always love to connect with people from the podcast. Anyway, so that's my my way of also being able to connect with you. But I love to get your feedback on that and see whether or not we can dive a lot deeper into each of those elements so you can learn more and more of how to do that. Um, also, if you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with a friend and also leave your five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I would definitely appreciate it. It will help the podcast reach more people so that we can help more women, especially women in, in, of color in consulting, grow and advance their businesses. So with that being said, I will talk to you next time. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave your review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and share it with a friend. We're on a mission to increase the success and longevity of women in consulting, and you can help us do that. Also, I'd love to hear from you. So let's connect at Dr. Angelina Davis on Instagram or LinkedIn. And don't forget to visit excelatconsulting.com for more information to support your consulting journey. Until next time, take care.